Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Freaking Podcast. Hello, everybody. 500 or so times. (laughs) I've said that. And it feels better each and every time. It's like you're Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) What does she say? Hey. No. uh, What's her like? I think her sign off. She has a sign off. Like something about being kind to one another. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Dude. You know what? You can tell what kind of mood we're in. Yeah, literally. It's all that. There's, oh my God, I actually found out what that is. Like the word- Programming? That's programming. But no, the the word or way to describe when someone is so overtly something Mm. that it actually, the shadow is- Yes. Like when Ellen, who we perceive to be so kind and all these things, and then it comes out like, whoa, this person is actually super dark and treats the staff inappropriately and all that. There's like a word for that when- someone is perceived to be, you know, someone is showing something, but they actually, I don't even know what that is. I need to find out what it is. Because it's sometimes yes. with, the, with the gurus, oh, where completely. the gurus are like well, the I ones. Think it, I think it's a form of manipulation. Yeah. To kind of get. Oh, yeah. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, Anyways, welcome. Ellen. It's us. Uh, welcome to the pod. If you're new, uh, we are over 500 episodes in, but I'd say, you know, catch up on the last 200 or yes. so. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm just making my way through. I'm like, I'm like, don't go too far back. Yes. You don't have to. My, this girl at the place I get my nails done was like, oh, I, li- I listened to your podcast. I'm like, huh? Oh yeah. And she's like, I started episode one. And I was like, uh-huh. She's like, I didn't really know what's going on. I'm like, I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either, honey. And she looked kind of like scared. <laughs> Don't start at episode one. Who starts one. at one? Oh, you know what's funny Lord is I've mercy. watched most shows backwards. Mm. Girls, I started at the la- end. I don't, yeah, I don't Game like- of Thrones saw the end one and then worked. Oh, you know who I was walking behind? Dinkle, whatever. What is his name? What's his last Dinkle. name? Dinkle. Oh, the, the uh huh. What Dinklage? Dinklage. Who is that? Dinklage. What's his character's name? Anyway, I don't want to from Game of Thrones. Yes, he lives in Brooklyn. He was just taking a walk. Wait, and I was walking really? Behind him. I yeah. mean, that's a whole. Oh my God, Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was? What's his name in Game of Thrones? Tyrion. Tyrion Lannister. Wow, that's actually fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that show was an absolute disaster. You guys, I literally just finished it. I, it was, I, it was so actually after I finished it, I was watching tons of YouTubes because I felt so confused. There YouTubes was, about Game yes, of Thrones? Like, hey, this is where they went wrong. Like, it was like, oh. I needed a support group because I was like, I'm going to commit to this. We're going to watch it. We watched Game of Thrones. Honestly, it was so hard because it's so gory and it's yes. so violent and so sexual in the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. But then after, it just becomes a freaking mess. Really? Where these storylines and these characters and these ideas are brought in and then never done anything with. I feel like shows need to know when it's time. Oh, they go. were trying to be done. Yeah. And they yeah. tried to be done and then they were done in the worst way possible. Like the, I mean, it was just, I afterwards was like, that was, if I cared a lot and was, in process yes. of watching the show each season as it came out, I would be, there'd be a hole in my heart that I wouldn't know what to totally. do with. Because even now I walk around, I'm like, how did that happen? Uh-huh. Heartbreaking. Uh-huh. Completely. Anyways, 10 years later, <laughs> 10 years later on the Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones train, if anyone wants to talk about it. I was actually talking about it with Jenna. We had lunch on my birthday. I'm a Pisces. So we had lunch at the Surf Rider in Malibu, which is beautiful mm-hmm. with uh, my other friend, Jenny, and my other friend, Jordan. 
And we were actually talking a lot about female friendships. And we were talking about just like how beautiful, but also painful it can sometimes be within female friendships and how confronting it can be. And, you know, I think the experience is different for everyone. But for me, it's felt like some of the most heart-wrenching things have been because of or in experience with a female friendship. Yes. Yeah, I com- I completely agree. And yeah, I- I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, is it because I'm also a female? So it's like this weird, I don't know, like simultaneous self-reflection and kind of mm. reckoning with parts of myself or is it like mother woundy? Is it yes? Is it sister woundy? Like I don't. There's so many ways it can go. Yes. And then we're also in like a society where I feel like there's like the patriarchy and mm-hmm. it, it, there's so many layers. Yes. To it, but I completely agree. The most complicated, complex, dramatic. <laughs> yes. I think it's mother woundy for me because mm. you know Bethany Webster, who's been on the pod, she has the book. Discover the Inner Mother, which I highly recommend. You can dig into our mother wound episodes. But she talks about how the mother is life. Your mother, when you are growing up, is literally life. So with female relationships, it feels like your life is over. For me, there's like this deep fear. You know, it's just way harder with the masculine for me or with, you know, a, a relationship with a man as my preference. It's like, I can be like, whatever. (laughs) you know, and and just, Mm -hmm. and that's obviously bypassing my emotions and my heart and my feelings, but it's easier to do that than with women. I'm like, fucking, ah. I know. Well, yeah, with women for me, sometimes I more, I have more of the tendency to be like, is this even worth it? For sure. Do I, I think we were talking about this the other day. I'm just like, I don't know if I feel like this is worth it. Totally. (laughs) Because it can get so in it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm tired. I know. <laughs> Which is not the way to be. Like, I know. I think relationships take work. I think they can be hard. You have to really pour in. You have to like stay when it gets hard. But sometimes I just want to dip. Dude, I know. <laughs> That's so real. I think about that too because I struggle where I'm like, I want to have intimacy in relationships and that means survival through conflict. But then sometimes you're like, when is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting how female friendships, it's like a lot of times they start off so hot. Yeah. And then it's like things come up and then it's like, bye. Yes. You know? Totally. (laughs) But it's hard because you're like, I just, it's weird. I don't, with men, it's easy for me to express my needs and my desires and sort of my, not easy, but it's easier. It's actually not easy. But with women, I just kind of lose the plot. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Why do you think that is? Obviously, because my mom. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, was not ever okay to have needs or to express right, my needs. Right. or okay, okay. So it's like with women, like I'm, if we'll get in conflict, I'm like, what do you want? Yeah. You totally. know, what could I do? To pacify this. Yes, to pacify mm-hmm. this, to make it okay. But then again, you know, we've talked about this before too, like female friendships can be really beautiful and oh, yeah. nourishing and important, you know? Well, I think that's kind of... Like, I'm not surprised that, like, these hard relationships are the ones that have Mm -hmm. the power or the potential to transform you and just, like, really bring about, like, your deepest healing and and greatest potential as a human being. Like, it is those, like, really, I don't know, just kind of hard ones. I know. (laughs) Dude, I literally am like, stop. (laughs) 
<laughs> now I know I why know. people like live in like a farm alone. I know. I know. But we're social, you know, we're, we're meant to be with people. Yeah. We're meant to. But I also think that women have more of a tendency to, and this is a gross generalization, to like lean more on the group to kind of like… Yes. I think that's- Source their… And I don't know if it's like source their intuition or just mm-hmm. like get to the answer. Whereas like what you're saying, like just kind of live on a farm by yourself, like that idea of mm-hmm. kind of alone time. I don't know if that's like as supported in like a group of women, say a group of female friendships. Yes. Then would a man… Yeah. Would a male group. Totally. I mean, the, the females all… The compassion, the empathy, the cis, the social, very mm-hmm. the sociable. You know, mm-hmm. it's like part of our nature to be in community with other women, yes. to be in conversation, to be like even the mystics or the witches or, mm-hmm. you know, the people in the tribe that support the family. So I don't think it would be. And I think it's in our nature to be that. Yes. It's just like sometimes it's like, what? I know. I need a break. I know. <laughs> It's like, it's a lot of psychic shit too. Mm-hmm. So you're like, what's happening psychically? Do they want me to succeed? <laughs> Do they want me to succeed? Do they not? <laughs> totally. Do I want myself to succeed? Do I not? Uh, I don't even know. Holy moly. I think you guys are going to really like this episode. This was with our friend, Jenna Reese. She is so amazing. I love her so much. She's just so special and such a good listener and so present Mm -hmm. and so like committed to the work. She's someone that I feel like I'm never afraid to say how I feel. I'm never afraid to be myself. And I felt so supported from her over the years. She's really been important to me and to both you as a support or reference for us. Yeah. She's, she has like, her heart has been open since we met her, Mm -hmm. you know, like she's just such a a big heart. We met her back. Oh my gosh. I think you met her. I met her. It was like Lululemon days yes. when I was an ambassador. We did that Lululemon event. We did an event and she spoke along with this other guy, but she was the star. And um, yeah, I just I just wow. love her so much. And we laughed. We laughed a lot in this. And we also got super deep. Dude, her super. notes from this, she took notes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like we're interviewing her. She, she was taking all of these like little scribble notes and it was so cute. But I saw it at the end. I was like, whoa, we went in so many different places, but it the thread was there and it mm-hmm. was like a beautiful, what I think is like a model for these types of conversations around, you know, pain, mm-hmm. you know, processing pain around really holding a love frequency even when you want to just freaking rip. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna is a breathwork facilitator here in Los Angeles. She also is a doula and she works with clients one-on-one. She teaches classes on Zoom. She has um, her own really beautiful practice and she supports a lot of people in their spiritual evolution and their spiritual journey, mostly through breathwork. But she is incredible. Her mm-hmm. breathwork changed our entire retreat. Yes. You know, she facilitated a breathwork session at our retreat in Malibu a few years ago. And it was like the session that broke everyone open. And I know you're a huge fan of breathwork. Mm-hmm. I am not yet, but <laughs> I will get into it. So in this conversation, we talked about the idea of coming home to yourself, you know, what that actually means. How do we do that over and over again in this timeline? And how do we, you know, 
how we rush the healing process, I think, is important. And we talked about that too. We talked about compassion for another's experience, how that begins with compassion for the self. We talked about letting the love outcreate the hurt, talking a little bit about pain, which is what Lindsay was talking about. And then we spoke on catching the thing, the hurt, the defense that is cutting you off from love. And how can that be a point of reflection? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you guys are absolutely going to love this one. You can follow Jenna on Instagram at Jenna M. Reese. So that's J-E-N-N-A-M-R-E-I-S-S. And her website is JennaReese.com. We have 500 or so other episodes for you to dig into after this. They are in the health, wellness, spirituality space. If you are new, welcome to our community. You can go to almost30.com. We have tons of blog posts, which are free resources for you. We have a free quiz which star seed are you? So which star system are you from? You can check that out now at almost30.com. We will see you on the other side. Enjoy this one. Never before has it been easier to get recommendations for supplements. You can go to humnutrition.com. You're going to take their quiz and they're going to recommend about five supplements. And then you can speak to a registered dietitian and they will also help to refine your recommendations and answer any questions. We have been obsessed with Hum for years. They're a staple in my supplement routine. They're formulated by experts and rigorously tested, which is what you should care about. They need to be potent and clean and clinically proven. Um, So if you want to, for example, clear your skin, improve your sleep, uh, if you wanna grow your hair, maybe you wanna balance your mood, or just overall get a healthier body going on, go to humnutrition.com. I wanted to shout out some of my favorites of all time and that I've been taking for years now. Every single day, I take the daily cleanse. This is helpful for clearing my skin and cleansing my body. It has a formula of really powerful detoxifiers, 14 of them to be exact, including chlorella and spirulina. So this is really great if you are experiencing breakouts. Um, This supports the body's natural detoxification processes, eliminates impurities in the body. It also has green algae, which is great uh, to support normal digestive function. Um, And it has antioxidants and minerals as well. So I take that every single day. I also really love OMG Omega the Great. So this supports even skin tone and heart and brain health. If you are not getting your Omega-3 fish oil, This is the one for you. It's ultra pure. It doesn't have that fishy taste and it is incredibly effective. Um, If you want to go to humnutrition.com, take that quiz, do it real quick. It takes two seconds. You'll get some recommendations. And of course, you'll get a discount with the code almost 30, 20% off first orders of $29 or more. Humnutrition.com. Use our code almost 30 for 20% off your first purchase of $29 or more. It's like the trigger warning. You're like, wait, I needed that. Yeah, you're like, trigger warning. Got it. Yep, received. I'm out. Oh, this, yeah. is, this one's not for yeah, me. Yeah, you're like, okay, that was meant for something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so weird because sometimes you see those and you're like, it's sometimes it's like trigger warning, your content warning and it says the words and you're like, that's my trigger. You're like, (laughs) tell me more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then you like listen and you like self-sabotage. You're sitting there like, actually, I'm going to keep reading. For sure. Yes. You're like, thanks for telling me what I should read. (laughs) 
Totally. I love that you have a little notepad in oh, yeah. bed. Like, what the hell? I know. Welcome. Okay, Here's you're, my like, you're literally ready. You're like, if you're laughing, you're like, ha ha. Like, dude, <laughs> drop the pen. We have the pens. <laughs> here's, here's why my pen situation. Because you ask a question and my, what happened, this is what I've learned happens to me in any kind of podcast interview. The, the like intuitive response, like the thing I know I want to say starts happening, but then that thing leads me to the other thing. And then there it goes. Yes. And the question's gone. And so I'm like, oh, shit, I got to bring it back to the question. So totally. I've learned for myself, I always have a little space where I can be like, this was the question. Because if that. I can just look at it again, then I'm like, yes, I know exactly where this was supposed to round back. So that's why I wow, have my Wow, teach pen. us about podcasting. Wait, that's smart. <laughs> that's smart. That's really smart. Because how often do we interview people, which I don't mind all the time, but where they're like, how did I get here? What was your question? <laughs> I know, I'm honestly. Like, I don't know. I know, and I'm always like, is that my fault? <laughs> I or know. is that like I it's like you gotta channel that that Joe a little bit where uh -huh. he's like, okay, we uh let's go back to that question. Yeah, the question. The yes. question. You there was a situation the other day where you asked a question and the answer was so literally not the question. It was so wild. And oh, I was I'm trying to think I, what that was. I'll think about what I'll tell you later what the interview was. But I was like, yo. And I was realizing, I'm like, was she picking up on a psychic question? Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, were you, was there a psychic message that was asking her the question? It was oh. weird. But it wasn't like egregious. Like, totally. it, But it was just, mm. I was literally thinking, I'm like, that was kind of my, that was, I thought she was answering the question you really wanted to ask, uh -huh. but asked another. It was very interesting. Oh, that's cool. Was she a psychic? <laughs> yeah, no, it actually wasn't in that one. Let me, I have to think about who okay. it was. It actually wasn't in that one. But I was like, I mean, but you guys have been tapping into your intuitive powers. Yes. So. And we have so many psychics on. I mean, that would 100% be. Yeah. And when we're in like a vortex like this, which I'm sure we are about to get into, <laughs> you just kind of like. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, you, I you actually click. felt bad for, I feel bad sometimes for guests that don't understand energetics mm. because when you sit down at this table it is you blast off <laughs> yep, yeah, totally. and the way and the way me and Lindsay stare at people like we're just <laughs> listening to like the fucking core of their soul when we talk you know what I yeah, mean we yeah. listen so hard wait not everybody <laughs> talks to each other like that. I know I know that's actually my one of my right? favorite things about you is the way that you listen and oh, the way mm -hmm. that you communicate like I am someone it's very much my um, natural. Language. It's my love language, yes. Mm. And it's my natural inclination to assume people aren't really listening to me. Mm. And the way that you communicate with me, it's like my little, my younger self is always like, yes, she really hears me. Oh, that's so, you yeah. know what? I, that's, I'm so honored because yeah. that's like, that's the greatest compliment I feel like with the work that I do that I could ever receive. Yeah. Mm. But also it is really interesting that you even allow yourself to see that that comes back to that little girl and you being like, thank you. Like yes. that little girl and you being so happy. There's just something really beautiful about that. The fact that you're even yes. able to say, oh, look, my little girl was able to get validated today and yes. she had some time in the sun, you know? Yes. There's yes. something beautiful she about being hurt. able to see that. What is like, what, did, have you always been a good listener or is it just in your work? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know if you guys felt this way when you started your work, but one of the things that always made me laugh was I remember when like coaches became really big and like started, I don't know if they, they were always big, but I kind of felt like there was a coach boom and yes. everybody I knew was part of a coach. And I was like, this is really interesting. Like, what are these, what are these things? And I like, <laughs> 
I was like an avid. <laughs> You're a coach. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because most of the country literally is thinking that still. Yeah, they're like, yeah. what are these things? <laughs> totally. And I've been in therapy my whole life. I'm like, I love. I'm good at the self reflection. Yes. So I was yeah. like, more people to help me self reflect. Like, yes. what is yes? yes. Like, yes. <laughs> so I, I remember. I can't remember whose it was, but I saw someone's thing once, and it one of the coaches' things, and it was something like, what are the things that you do? Not you're already doing, and like those are the things you could get paid for. And I was like, Well, yes. And every I kind of was like, Isn't that what everybody's doing? Like, just following the things that they know their heart enjoys doing. Like, to always be a good listener for me is it's because I really like listening to what you have to say. Like, I really, I'm really curious about people's stories, I'm really interested in where people are coming from with things. I really want, I want to go into the big and the deep always. Mm -hmm. I want to go and and I live in that space. Mm -hmm. So it's a natural part of who I am. And in order to do that, I have to listen. But when that coach said that thing, I was like, oh, I guess that's what I do. So kind of, yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. I kind of was always a good listener. But I'm also, as you both know, a talker. So it's yes, really, which we I get appreciate. sucked into yeah, that too. vortex too. <laughs> and you just bring an energy to it. But I do think with listening, like I'm a good listener, you know, the part of me that was like listening as a response because that's how I felt safe and that's mm-hmm. how I felt needed and that's how I felt validated was being like a good listener for, you know, and kind of like abandoning myself to listen and support the group in that way. But mm. there is also like a, mm. a healing that you have to do to be a truly good listener. Because I've noticed that with the more healed I am, obviously, long way to go, you're able to really listen to people without ego. You know, Lindsay's like the best listener ever too because there's no ego. There's no conversation that's going on in their head about how this applies to them, how they can make it about them, how they can, uh, or how the ego is going to reply. You know, it's really that like hollow bone, like Mm -hmm. Kiki, our healer, Mm -hmm. talks about where you can really be in service to the conversation, in service to the communication. Yeah. What you just said reminded me of what we started talking about when we walked in the door. Because, right, it's like when you can't hold space for the other person to speak their truth or speak what they're going through, there's um, usually it's because either you're— you have too much whatever going on in your own life space that you, mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I can't, I physically don't have the space. Or there's the other side of it, which is that um, their wounds are hitting your wounds. So their conversation, their things that they're talking about are hitting your stuff, which is usually then when it's, yeah, like you said, I abandoned myself to be able to be in the group setting. So I, f- I feel like what, ha- like, that's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about what can happen when we are in conversation and not as an, a point of attack either. Like, hey, what you just said mm-hmm. hit this wound that I'm feeling and this or this thing that I've been working on. And you can both be like, interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to to do that. And oh, no, no, you didn't do it. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. what if we're not like, I'm sorry that I did that, but rather like compassionately trying to understand the other mm-hmm. person's experience, compassionately trying to understand where they're coming from. I'm, I feel like we would all be a little bit better listeners, better conversationalists, you know, more connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's like a, it's a mindfulness around like when you abandon yourself in conversation with people and when you are trying to defend yourself. It's like mm-hmm. it leans both ways. If it leans one way or the other too much, mm-hmm. then there isn't that center to come back to, to ground you in the conversation. Right. Right. You know, and for me, that's mostly like abandoning myself. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, 
what do I think? You know, mm. but that doesn't serve the other person either, mm-hmm. you know? So, but with the, the wounding, like hitting another's wounds, I feel like what, it, how, how do you describe that? Like, how mm. would you unpack that? Like what is actually happening there? Because I feel like it can happen a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it happens all the time. Yeah. A yeah. lot, whether it's collectively yeah. or individually. And sometimes even with people you love the most or you mm-hmm. see the most where it's like, whoa, we're just in this pattern of like, boom, boom, boom. Yes. I mean, I think the first sign that you are have a wound that's been either, whether it's been hit or activated or it's kind of coming up is a defense the defend word, right? If there's any part of you that like instantly wants to put your hands in front of your, you're like ready to fight. Like that, that was always my go-to. Other people's are the abandoned themselves, like kind of disassociate, leave their body. (laughs) Mine's fight. (laughs) I I need to make that clear. Yeah, literally. Leave the body, this one. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, it is. It's like you can notice, you notice it happen. Yes. And over time, it might be after the fact, it might be upon reflection that you notice it happens. But I think that's the thing. It's the defense. It's the, I've left my body. It's the um, pain. Like when you can, you hear something and it was like, ooh, that that hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, that hurt. Now this isn't to absolve and like everyone gets to just like walk around and poke at each other's pain points. No, I mean, it requires intentionality. It requires compassion. And this requires, you know, a really a deep willingness to self-reflect. Um, but if we are able to say in that point to me, oh, I just noticed I got defensive. Something's clearly been activated. I've just noticed that um, that really hurt something, right? But then, the, and that's where it gets tricky. The other person, if we're able to say that, like, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I say that. But when you say that and the other person is like, then they defend right? Or they abandon or they go into whatever their wounding is. So I think it's tricky. It's noticing when it's time, when it's the right and a safe space for you to say it out loud. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this thing has been hit. This thing has been triggered. This wound has been activated versus let me take that and self-reflect with it and do some healing work and, you know, lean on your spiritual tools and Mm. lean on the things that help you take a look at it. I kind of like to see it as like an excavation. Each time one of those things happen, it hurts. And when it happens, I I mean, it does not feel good. I I had one with my dear friend, you know, earlier this week. It doesn't feel good. And it's also like really cracking me open. It's really allowing me to go a little bit deeper into my own journey and into my own healing. And so, look, I would love for us to all just be in healed bodies walking around all the time. But I I think the reality is, is can we have compassion for one another's lived experience? And can we identify when our own stuff has been hit so that we can do the work for ourselves, Mm -hmm. on ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I always have to, it's kind of like a flow. You know, it's Mm. like the activation and then it's like defensiveness. And then it, you know, eventually it comes to the place where I'm like, oh, finally I can see this other person's perspective Mm -hmm. from a place that feels more integrated, but you oh, you have to really give yourself time for that process. Because I find if you come too soon to the conversation or situation, you're coming, and this is me speaking for myself, I guess, I'm coming from the place where I am like the defensive. I am kind of like mm-hmm. the hot response. I am kind of in the ego. 
And so I think too, giving yourself, and this is harder, I think, in romantic relationships <laughs> because you're living in the same place, you're together. You can't really give yourself like the space and grace as much as you could with a friendship right. or a relationship you don't have um, access to every day or a family could be also in that. But it's like, how can you ha- allow yourself space so you can go through the process? And then that gets shorter mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where you're like, okay, now I'm seeing. Yes. But I think it was interesting, you know, in talking about this because a lot of the people listening are very on their healing journey. Mm-hmm. They're very much aware of what's happening. They understand when they're activated. They understand when their wounding is triggered. But I think a lot of people that they're interacting with don't always understand. So it feels sometimes like mm-hmm. they're understanding, okay, this is wounding for me. And then they're talking to someone that maybe is unconscious mm-hmm. and doesn't understand their wounding. Mm-hmm. So what is the normal, how mm-hmm. would you say or suggest for people to work with that? Mm. I really feel most and foremost, that it's not your job. We have to take responsibility for our own selves and our own healing. And it is really hard, especially when it's a loved one. It's their path. You know, the the image that comes to mind that sort of like dropped in as you described that was like two people on a ladder, right? Walking through, that their ladder is their life. And they're just like walking through their life. They're climbing their ladders. And with loved ones, especially with the partner that you're living with, let's say, you get to choose. Like, how long do you keep your hand out for that person? You're like, hey, this thing that's been, you know, I've noticed I'm activated. You're being unconscious about it. You know, whatever that is. And you're like, okay, I'm going to choose how long I'm going to hold space and keep my hand out for you to work through that, to look at that, to, to manage that on your own. And it's also your choice when you're like, okay, no no problem. I'm going to take my hand away too. That's like, that's where you come up with the boundaries and you see where you need to um, take care of yourself. I think actually in friendships is when it's hardest mm-hmm. because in the conscious relationship, that's my personal opinion, in a relationship and in, in love, you're choosing to be with that person often. And so it's, you know, you can kind of choose how long you keep your hand out for. Friendships, you're like, okay, do you want to, cut the relationships off? Is that what it is that you need to do if they're not identifying their own wounding, if they're being defensive Mm -hmm. and you're noticing that their thing's activating your thing? Like how it's really the question comes to what is in the best interest of my highest good? And when I ask that question of me, it's, it's not my job to educate. I can speak my truth about what I need to speak to on it. And in my heart, know that when I'm connected to the vibration of love, when I'm connected to the vibration of the universe, whatever you know words you want to use for that, when I'm connected to myself, it's okay that they don't. It's it's like it really is. It's okay that you didn't see that that activated, that you don't understand me explaining it, that you don't see your own stuff there. It's okay. It's truly in my heart okay. If when when it's not okay is that I still got work to do on myself because like I'm feeling, right? It's like, I've still got some reflection on this piece, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, it's the hardest thing to do because you love these people and do we want, we want these people in our life. And I'm just not, personally, I'm not a big fan of like, let's cut all the people out. Mm-hmm. I just don't really feel that that serves my best interest. My best interest for my highest good is connection. Like I thrive in connection. And that's with people that I love from all walks of life. And so to allow space for that, for me, it's like space and grace for everybody to go through their version of it. But man, yeah, you, it's it's work for you, mm-hmm. for, for yourself. You have to be really w- willing to sit back down and look at 
that thing that was activated for you? And what is it that I'm going to do with that Mm -hmm. now that I know that it's been activated, right? And sometimes I feel like there's this default of taking responsibility for what the other person might not understand in the moment about what's really happening, you know? And I say that with love. I don't mean like to shit on the person that doesn't realize what's happening. But it's almost like you're taking on both rather than allowing them to have their experience because they're having an experience that is perfect for their right and soul, you know, which does them a disservice. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's, yeah, there is, and, and that brings in a little bit of the coach and Mm -hmm. the, that whole world situation Mm -hmm. where it's like, and we see it on a collective level on social media where it's mm-hmm. like, look to this person to kind of guide you, tell you how to live and all of these things, which, you know, I'm not saying is inherently bad, but we have to be careful too. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether you are a coach and taking responsibility or like you are looking to these people, yes. how do you, in working with people, like how have you been able to just energetically create that, I don't want to say boundary because that doesn't sound right, but like create that relationship so that they won't ever depend on you. Mm. That's an interesting word choice that you used though was the word depend. I'd answer that in kind of a couple different ways. First, I would say trusting myself enough. I trust myself enough that I know I don't ha- like I don't have to take that on. I know it's not mine to take on. I know it does them a disservice to take it on as much as it does me. So there is this real true innate trust that's there, but it took time. <laughs> this is might be a funny example story, but I started when I started teaching breathwork, I actually started by teaching the breathwork workshops my mom came to every single workshop. Aww. Like every single workshop she across did Los work? Angeles. She did breath work. Aww. She was all in. It was so wonderful and I so amazing. My mother is amazing. And she was just all in on her own healing journey. She was like, let's go. I'm gonna keep I'm I'm in for it. I'm here for it. And she's like kept going. I had to learn some boundaries pretty quickly right there. Right. I it was pretty clear that I wasn't going to be able to hold space for a group of people if I'm getting sucked into my mom's stuff, right? Then it's my mom's, then it's a private session for my mom, which is not something I'd recommend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. You, like, see everyone laying in. She's, like, yelling louder. She's like, mom! Yeah, yeah. You're, like, just, like, kind of trying to get your attention every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, exactly. And so I don't even know if she knows this. So when, mom, when you listen, you'll find out. But that was that was my boundary practice, I guess is what I should say. And that's what it sort of, like, kick-started me in really, really quickly. Because prior to that, I felt like, and I do still think this way sometimes that, you know, as a highly empathetic people, like a giant walking wound walking through life. And I'm like, wait, am I a wound? Am I just raw? Am I mm-hmm. like what? It's like sometimes like like the the sensations of the world can just feel too much. And so until I had found breath work, once I did, and I started really doing this deep inner work on myself, and then my mom started coming to sessions, it just was, it really happened very quickly as it relates to seeing the boundaries. So I'd say the first thing was trusting myself and learning that trust early on and and growing that trust with myself that I don't have to heal you. I don't have to do anything. Actually, I also trust the work. 
enough to do the work on you mm. on its own, on your path. So the word depend to me never really like came in, but what did when you said that, and it just does happen, is when I'm activated, right? With whatever it is, the other person's stuff that they're working on in private session, in a group session, if I'm activated and I can feel it, the best way that I draw that boundary is by claiming it out loud, right? Energy, energy is especially for the highly sensitive people, we, you feel, you can feel it. So you start to feel something and you went, oh, I was just feeling okay, right? A second before that, but now all of a sudden I feel this feeling. And it was easy to, to start to go, oh, this isn't mine. I, I, I get it. It's in the groups. It's coming from here. And so it took time and practice to hone, but um, speaking it out loud to me is one of the, and, and you, again, you have to be tricky when you do that with friendships, like friends talking to you, you're not going to be like, that sadness you're feeling, friend, that's mm-hmm. not mine. <laughs> like that wouldn't, that's not exactly being compassionate. But what you can do is say that in your own head. Oh, interesting. I'm feeling really sad for this person and that's not mine to hold. It's okay that I put that down. And giving myself permission by claiming claiming that I was even feeling that allowed me to put it down. And I, and I know for a fact it made me a better healer and it made me um, more empathetic, a better listener because I wasn't Take, I was doing them such a disservice if I did take it on. Mm-hmm. So now for me, it's all I, I just lean heavily into the claiming and the trusting mm-hmm. of myself of the work, and that allows that sort of boundary to naturally exist. And now I don't even really feel like it's something that I have to do often, mm-hmm. which is great. How did you build that self trust? Oh, lifetimes of being alive, right? I mean, yeah. I personally feel. Like everything ladders back to love in one way or another. And this vibration of love is self-love. Like I love the baths. I love the tinctures. I love the things. I do all the self-care things. But like the, I'm talking about a kind of love that like when you feel like when you feel pain, when you've gone through hardship and you feel you can viscerally feel like almost this little hole in your heart, right? And the best example I think that we know of it as a collective is heartbreak is consistently identifying that that hole right there is really just wanting love from me, maybe from other people, but it's masking that it's needing the love from me. And so it's going, for me, it's always been about going into that so that... um, I don't explode all over people, right? I mean, like, again, I think one thing that we have wrong in this world is that we think spiritual tools are meant to make us feel better, and they're really not. They're there to help support you through the hard, right? They're there to hold your hand through the hard. And so for me, it would just, it was like, do all the things, lean on all of the care things in order to start to grow that love for myself and for what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and who I am and how I show up. And that naturally led itself to trust. And honestly, I also think, and I think this is true for a lot of people, a lot of intuitives, sometimes you're like, this is really weird. I have no idea if this is at all what's there, but I'm going to say it. And then of course, it's like it nails something on the head, right? So sometimes it's also just loving yourself enough that you're not afraid you're going to be weird or look funny or be wrong. And, and there's no attachment to the wrong. If you have no attachment to the wrong, then it doesn't really matter 
right? And and then it's it's all completely okay. And yeah, and then also like knowing too, and that was a big thing for me was like learning that I was going to cause harm by my own unconscious stuff sometimes in life. Um, and so that was like a huge, deep, deep learning moment too. And when, as I was going through that healing moment, I came out of that with more trust. So I think, how do you learn to trust? You know, how I learned how to trust myself is just like a consistent check-in through those practices. But I think it's forever, right? I mean, I think we sometimes leave ourselves and we reinvent ourselves and we shut off a new layer and then we uncover a new part and there's a new layer of trust you have to then lean into. So I, I do. I also think that we have a lot of high expectations of ourselves that like this happens, you know, that person over there is the unicorn. Like they can do that, but like I can't do that. And it's everybody has their own version of it. It's just what are we, what are you choosing to do with it? Are you ignoring it, pushing it down? Or can we pull it up um, and love yourself a little more through it? When it comes to like your own self-guidance and trusting yourself and kind of, you know, I guess tuning in with your intuition into your life decisions and your path. Has that felt easier, harder than working with other people? Mm. What has that been like, especially as like, you know, I feel like just the very real world of being an adult, making these mm. decisions of like homes and relationships and mm. jobs and all of these things. Like, mm. what has that journey been like, especially related to your intuition? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with like the easier, harder. In one way, it's easier to trust it with other people because I'm not as attached naturally to their outcome, right? So I can hear it and feel it loud and clear, and then it comes through, and whatever the things are, then it's theirs to do with, right? So in one way, I feel like it's if, if I'm speaking like easier, harder, I'd say easier in a way to trust that with other people. But the funny thing is, it's like the, you know, we all know this. If you've, you've done, read any, you know, book about even spirituality, I feel like one of the things you start to really learn early on your spiritual journey is the more you listen to it, the more it speaks to you, the more it speaks to you, the more you can listen to it. And it just grows and builds that relationship. So sometimes now it's actually like it, something will happen and I'll be like, oh, I, that I didn't say that out loud. That didn't already happen. It's happening now. I'm like, I'll actually, it's like a feeling of deja vu almost. Mm -hmm. So sometimes my, <laughs> my fiance will be like, really? I'll have, I'll like, I'll do it in the silliest examples. I'll pause a TV show and I'll be like, here's what's going to happen on the TV show. And he's like, really? Did you have to do that? Sorry. It's just, I just needed someone to know that I, I, I know what's about to happen. <laughs> he's like, so that always makes me laugh. But it's like, right. I also feel like the, if I stuff that down and I don't say that as silly of an example as that is, that I'm ignoring this part of me that wants like, you know, this thing to be listened to or said out loud. Um, but I mean, yeah, it it's not, it's not hard. I wouldn't call it as hard for me. It's more like how much are the nerves there? How much of the fear is there? And also am I doing it, right? Like we bought a house recently and um, I was like, okay, here's all the things that could be wrong with it. But like, the universe literally gave me the clearest of signs it like couldn't have dropped in any, it just was like a joke. Like if I'm not listening to this, like they're like jokes on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. 
So I was like, okay, I'm, it's, it's so crystal clear. Here's the intuition. It's so crystal clear, but I'm afraid. Then to me, it's just a matter of working with the fear that's there. Like, that's okay. We're, it's okay to be afraid of the things that intuition are telling you. And then I also think it works the other way, right? I have a client um, who talks to, will talk to me about her, you know, relationship. She's in this great relationship. She feels really good in this relationship, you know, but she's afraid of the commitment. And she's like, why am I afraid of the commitment? And some, one of the things that we often will come back to is it's not necessarily about trying to make that fear go away. That like by just acknowledging it and claiming that that, that it's there, you are you're doing your job for yourself. You know, you're listening to yourself. That's so. I do feel for me like it's it's not really even an easier or harder thing. I'd say the when I'm really attached to something that I want or a need or I'm looking for or creating. Um, when I'm really attached to it, it's just allowing myself to truly look at the whole feelings around the attachment because that is where, that's where I can spiral. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. weird. I feel like the more attached I am to something, the less I get it, especially yeah. manifestation. Like For sure. if I'm attached, it's like slow going. Mm-hmm. If I'm like, I would like this. It's like, here is it on your doorstep. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, the, like if I'm like, For this sure. would be nice. It's yeah. like literally gets delivered on my doorstep. Yeah. And also when you're talking about, um, we, me and Lindsay were just talking about this earlier today, the fear and the intuition, because we've had a few situations with work where we've had the intuition saying no mm. <laughs> and telling us one thing, and then it's ended up being really good for us. Mm. And so now it's like, how can we peel that back and make that potentially be about fear mm. instead of our intuition telling us something? Because- we're trying to understand that because everything we do is intuitively led, mm-hmm. but there has been times where it's like in quotes, what we're perceiving to be our intuition is wrong. Mm. And mm. we've actually done something and it's act against our intuitive hit mm. and it's been really good. Yep. I feel like that comes down to that word wrong, right? Yeah. It's just not that binary. Yeah. It's just not that right or wrong. Like it could be, there could have been a reason why the intu- intuition was saying no that you don't know because you said yes and you went with the thing. But because you said the yes, it's, it's almost like there there is no wrong path, right? It's like, okay, so now that you've said yes, like what are we going to do with that? Like what's there now, mm-hmm. right? It's And then a little bit of like letting yourself off the hook too. Like part of me feels, you know— it's like part of me feels like this is part of that whole the patriarchal systems and structures of oppression that we have in the world, right? One of the things is like things are right and things are wrong. And the other one is like be good at this thing or like study, be good at this thing. Or mm-hmm. if you aren't good at it, what are you? You're bad. I don't know. What yes. what are you? It's like you're there is no there is no right or wrong really with that intuition as it relates to your path. I mean, yes, of course, if you said yes, you went against the intuition and what might happen, like, we don't know, you know? But I also think to me, because I believe in the universe being there to support you through your highest good. So it's like, okay, if you said yes, then like it wants to, it's like, how can I support you through Mm -hmm. that now that you've said, Mm -hmm. gone against it, the intuition, right? Yeah. And it just to like expand even the, like the ways in which we look at all of, all of our spiritual practices, all the ways in which intuition, our relationship, to our own self journey, like I'm, I'm good. I've been good. I've been meditating every day. Like, okay, well, that, great. That's been serving you. Then I didn't 
if you haven't been meditating every day, are you bad? No, of course not, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't think it's as simple as that. I don't think it's as simple as why, why, the whys. We don't know. We're not going to know the other path that wasn't taken. And I also think sometimes like, or at least I consider the intuitive feeling to, or I desire it to feel easy and it Mm. should just be so clear. Mm. And I think with some recent decisions, like within the business, it's like we have the intuitive hit and then there are some like growth points being presented to us personally and as business partners and as leaders Mm. that kind of disguise themselves and like, well, this this feels like a no then. You know, it's yes. almost like our rejection of the opportunity to grow as leaders or mm. trust the team more or whatever that is. And mm. I think like for me, it because we have each other, it's like we then feed off of each other where yes. we're like, yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> We're like, no, yeah, that's we're easy. like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Literally, like, no, yeah, it is facts. I do, it is that, it's that belief too in the spirituality space and the self-help space, which is a very true thing, but also it's like needs a little bit of nuance brought to it where everything good comes easy. Mm, yeah. You know, where you're like, oh, this, because this path is very easy, then it was meant for me. Mm. And because this fat path flowed, it was meant for me and it was right and it was divine. And I've known things in my life that have flowed and been very easy mm-hmm. and been very, very divine. But also I've known things that have been very challenged, like mm-hmm. ha- challenging and been very divine. Yeah. So it's very interesting to think about that because I do think it, it oh, yeah. trips people up a little bit where they have something, maybe a job, a relationship, a situation where it provides its challenges and it makes them think that it's not a divinely led path. Yes. I am going to just dive into an example of that because that feels so clear. That was like, that was beautifully said, mm-hmm. Krista. I'll naturally bring this up on my own, but I'm in the process of writing a book that I have been writing for years. Mm-hmm. And I mean years, five maybe years. And uh, pre-pandemic, so whatever, two and a half ish years ago, I was working with um, an agent and she had given me all these rounds of feedback on the proposal. And I was like, okay, I'm making the edits. And I made the edits and then I sent it back. And we went through like four rounds. And I think the fifth round of edits came through and I had just, I broke. It like broke me. I, I just like kind of fell. I don't even know any other way to describe it. I just started crying. I fell to the floor. I was like, I can't. I've been working on that. I had been writing the book for three years before that. I was working on the proposal for a year. I just, I, it broke me. And so I put it down and I didn't pick it up until end of last year. And I had, I didn't even notice until I picked it back up again, how much shame I had around having put it down, like truly deep shame that I had around having even put it down. It's like, oh my God, this path was given to me. I had the, had the agent, like I had the offer, like this was happening and I, I blew it, right? I was like beating myself up over this path. I blew it. So that's one way you could take it. Yeah, sure. Are there lessons in that? Absolutely there are. But the, the thing is, it's like, reprimanding myself was not feeling good or serving me to continue doing my work in the world. So why continue, right? The path was harder. Now you could take that technically as one might say, okay, well, because that path's so hard, maybe I should throw my hands up and say, the book's not for me. I'm not, I'm not meant to write a book, right? Well, I know, and I know that's not true. I've, I know that in my heart, the book's 
pretty much written. Like it, it's just this these details that need to get sorted out. And so for me, in that this mo- this experience was about like holding on, and the shame that I felt too needs to be said is like was about the shame of like asking for more. And I think there's so much in that that could even be talked about as it relates to the shame that um, sometimes women feel for wanting to ask for more, you know, feeling like I was supposed to be feeling grateful for what I was given. That's this whole other path. But right, if you let that, and there's the one path, well, because that was hard and it didn't flow very well, I mean, that's one description for it then is it not meant for me? No, I don't think so. I, I know not, it's not. As I know in my bones, I have the answer. So I'm not even going to like fuck with that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it did. I did fuck with that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, whatever. I'm not even fuck with that. Okay, I but did fuck I did. with it. <laughs> for weeks. For a long time. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Way longer That's than I I fucked with it for a long, for a long time. <laughs> and then I was like, and this sucks. Like, yeah. shame. Like, what is eating me alive? Okay, so coming back to the truth, which was something higher and bigger than the details of the bullshit of the details was bigger than that. So I'm going to come back to that and let that be guided now, right? Mm So I don't know. There's like, again, it's like easy or hard. Like, yes, maybe it's not really about either. And it's just continuing to check in with yourself. I mean, I'm weary of anyone that thinks that they have all the answers because like they don't, we all don't, you know, in Buddhism, there's like that whole theory of as soon as you as soon as you think you're an expert, you're really, you're right back to the beginning and you're a beginner again because you don't really, you see, as soon as you think you know everything, you know nothing at all. But, so I'm wary of anyone that thinks that they know everything, but there is, I'm definitely wary of like the strict binary as well. It's like the right and the wrong or the this is the path or this is the path. It's like, I'm just, I think that we got to check in for all those things for ourselves and really tap into that, you know, power for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shame thing is so interesting where isn't shame always? Yeah, where <laughs> yeah, like dude. where it <laughs> helps you to define what's happening. Mm. It's like a familiar feeling and it keeps you wh- where you are in a certain pattern in a certain place and so it like prohibits you from expansion. And expansion is unknown. Expansion is bigger than our mind can even wrap. You you can't wrap your mind around it always. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's definitely a sneaky thing that I think is deployed into messaging in commercials, online, yes. everywhere for a reason. You know, yes. it keeps us at a certain level. Yes. Yes. So it's interesting when we deploy it on ourselves. It's like, oh, what is that? And it's neither good nor bad. It's just like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I've, it just makes me think of like, how can we reframe when we are feeling that shame to something like, I just, I want to keep myself right here where I am Mm. because it's comfortable. Mm. Like, what would it feel like to expand beyond this rather than being like, oh, Oh, I love that question. That's the question, right? What would it feel like to expand beyond this? It's also like you kind of have to get sick of your own shit. Yeah. You know, like there is that element of that. I mean, the loop is a pattern for a reason. Like at some point in your life, it came in and it served you and it's now no longer serving you. Mm -hmm. And so it's to be able to pull yourself out of that loop and recognize, I mean, but like, frankly, I don't even think I, like that example for me, I didn't even observe that. I mean, I, two years, I didn't touch it. I just like didn't touch it. And I, yeah, could you beat yourself up over that too? Sure. But 
that actually wasn't what I would beat myself up over. I just was like, it's just not, it's not ready for me to pick up again. I'm not ready to pick Mm -hmm. it up again. So it's definitely not ready. But I do think you're completely right that we, it's about allowing ourselves to, to just, when we go into it, when you like really are ready to identify it, you identify it, you go into it, then you can pull yourself out of the loop and just be like, enough, I'm sick of my own shit. You know, mm-hmm. let's keep going. Yes. But sometimes I also think that it's like letting love outcreate the shame, the hurt, the pain, the thing. Um, and I, yeah, it's it's not it's tricky. I don't know how I don't know how to even explain how we do that. But we gotta. It's like show up for yourself anyway through the hard feelings, through the shame, um, and that's how you step into the expansion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that phrase. Let love outcreate the hurt, the pain. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because when I feel shame, it's like I'll get sick of my shit, but then like the part of me that's like, that part of me that's activated isn't encouraging. Mm. That's like that mean, there's a mean Mm. person that's mean to me and it's that part of me gets activated. So the shame, there's a shameful part of me. And then the part of me that's sick of my shit is even meaner. So it's mm. like what sometimes I'm like, which part do I want to go with shame? Or do I want to go with that person that's like, oh, here we are, you know what I mean? Kind mm. of so it's interesting because I've heard of people say that where like I kind of got sick of my own shit. I'm like, oh, that brings me deeper. Mm. Cause it's like the the shame is the yeah, it's almost like the de- anxiety is the shame almost. That's like the activating mm. emotion or feeling. And then it's like this becomes depression because it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting, mm-hmm. and I would e- I would even say, so if that was a session, if we were in mm-hmm. session, I would be curious to know, like, okay, well, what's a third option, mm. right? What's I hear that those are the two that is your lived experience. Is there another option? Like, what would what could that be? Yeah, right. Because because that's part of it too. Like, we get stuck in the even yes. thinking that the shame and the anxiety, and then the but sick of my own shit's even meaner. So I have to choose between those yes. two. Yes. And it's like, hold on, what curtain can we lift to show that there might even be, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's like the true self, you know, there's. Yeah. Well, then I have my third and I was actually doing this (laughs) in therapy. And because we were like, okay, we have her, we have like the Virgo part of me that's like, everything's perfect. I got to make everything good. And then there's the part of me that's like, Mm. just like really cruel and then there's that third part of me that came in later and I was like oh wow there's the rebel where it's just like fuck it um, yeah. <laughs> literally yes. like the fuck it part of me came in I was like oh blow wow it up. blow it up literally I was like oh there she is but then there's the fourth mm-hmm. which is you know there's a lot of the parts when we're mm-hmm. talking about internal family systems but mm-hmm. then there's like the true self it's like what is the true mm-hmm. self yes like what's that opinion and I would even say that you're the fuck it girl was probably actually, like, that girl is the girl that's sick of her own shit, really. So, like, you know, that's, like, the evolved sick of your own shit girl, right? You know what I mean? That's true. Like, that's you being, like, all right, I'm I'm done with that narrative. Yes, yeah. I mean, because at some point it does— it's 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 really hard. You and it's also true too. When you're in the thing, when you're in the voice of being mean to yourself, telling yourself that you're not enough, in the shame spiral, like it it is. Sometimes it is as hard and as easy as reaching up and stopping the spiral. Yes. And like, mm-hmm. okay, what's where's the earth? Get me to the ocean. Yes. Whatever the thing is, 
reach up and start. Sometimes it is as easy and sometimes it is as hard as that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I also, that's why we have the therapists and the yes. support team yes. that are helping sh- shine that light for you so that you can come back to true self because ultimately you're the only one that really can you know, mm-hmm. pull yourself there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to have, you know, whether it's a therapist or like someone in your life or a couple people that you can trust to kind of share this part of you yes. that you know comes up yes. and is overactive at times so that when you share something that activates it, they can witness you and then also bring you back to truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think totally. that also helps you practice Yeah, because they're not in the spiral. Right. So they can kind of identify it, bring you back down. And then it's kind of helping you in being in, in that dynamic yeah. to then do that for yourself the next yes. time. And I think it's so interesting that you say that because I love, someone once asked me this question and now I use it all the time. It's like, if you could have all of the support team, like, whatever, whatever, if money weren't a problem, like what would you, who would you pull in for your support team? And it could be like mental health, physical health, you know. Chef. Chef, yeah. Mm -hmm. Chef. Chef, Valet. Mm -hmm. Literally. Driver. Driver. (laughs) 100% driver. (laughs) Right? You could be like, oh, I'm going to, someone's going to like make me my flower tinctures. Like that, you know. Yes. I'm going to have my own personal Mm -hmm. person like making me my perfume, like whatever. But the point to me is like, if you came up with that list, like just really looked at that whole list and then just kind of explored what even pulling in one or two of those things could look like for you, that's those people. That's your support team helping you see yourself. Mm -hmm. And hope, yes, they need to be, you know, in my opinion, if they're good at their job, they help you see yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's really, it's just like, it's invaluable. Every single day without fail, I get my athletic greens on. Today, this morning, I put it into my smoothie. Some days I put it into a nice cold, tall glass of water. Either way, this daily supplement, which is just one scoop, has made me feel absolutely incredible. It's that simple. So AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category leading superfood product, brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Keeping up with the research... Knowing what to do and taking a bunch of pills and capsules is like very hard to keep up with. Uh, It's it's a lot. So if you're looking to get what you need in one scoop, I highly recommend trying AG1. It contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. It's unbelievable. It will improve your energy, your digestion, your immune system. It's delicious too. It has like this pineapple vanilla, just light taste. I absolutely love it. I've recommended it to basically everyone I know. Uh, there's less than one gram of sugar in there. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. They are obsessed with quality of their ingredients thankfully. I love them. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. If you visit athleticgreens.com slash almost 30 today, that's athleticgreens.com slash almost 30. And with your first purchase, you'll get one-year supply of vitamin D, which is insane and so important because most of us are deficient and five free travel packs. So try today, athleticgreens.com slash almost 30. 
Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? <laughs> what? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing, you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, you, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things and while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends and they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. We had Aaron Rose, our coach who we've worked with for a few mm. years, ask us that. I think it was the beginning of 2021. He's like, mm -hmm. how are you resourced this year? And that was like such an up level for us. Mm -hmm. Such a moment of like, if you are in service, like true service to God, the divine, mm -hmm. and if you are in service to a lot of other people, to a community, to, you know, a family, whatever it is, whatever your service yes. method is, like how are you resourcing and supporting yourself? And I was like, whoa, you know, that's the biggest facts. Like, how am I supporting myself mentally, yes. physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. from a business level? Like, what are these ways in which, and being really proactive about it yeah. was so smart because now we could employ a coach, yeah. a healer, you know, all these different things, like programs, whatever it is that we want to do. So we know that no matter what comes up, we have the resources ready to approach them. Yes, mm -hmm. And that was like… I highly recommend anyone doing that, whether you can, yeah. whatever it is that your income level can afford, even if it's a friend that you're like, hey, I want mm -hmm. you to be my resource yeah. this year. You don't want to be each other's resource, the community, whatever it is. Yes, mm -hmm. especially because when we talk about, you know, 
pain and depression and like true consuming anxieties, like you it, you can't always see that list. Like you don't yes. always have the energy or even the space to pull that, put that list together. So I like having that list, same thing, having that list too. What's the things that are going to, and they're going to change and those people are going to change. But they're really, we think in our, there's some, that's part of the limiting belief thing too. We think that we can afford it or pull those things yes. in. And it's just like, you'd be surprised. Like mm-hmm. you could do, there is really affordable therapy out there. There is really, like, there's a lot of really incredible offerings that, yeah, you just, you have to be in the headspace and have this space to make the list. But heck yeah, mm-hmm. let's all make the list. Yeah. Yeah. It's like taking the time to do a little audit on what you are. And I, I would probably say that there are a good percentage of things that we might be spending our time and money on yes. that are actually bringing us more anxiety. Yes. yes. So are you paying $15 for Netflix every month to watch yes. like really anxiety-ridden murder shows? Yes. Maybe. Intense hit workouts. Intense hit workouts. Like are you, mm-hmm. you know, the coffee thing is whatever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but it's it's those types of things where it's like if we really sat drinking. down drinking, mm-hmm socializing, buying, you know, clothes to satisfy. You know, it's like, I encourage people to, as Ramit says, live your rich life Mm -hmm. and whatever is important to you spend money on. And it's, I think it would behoove a lot of us to be like, what am I spending my money on? Yeah. And can I reorganize that to be able to resource myself? Yeah. Especially in moments where I'm feeling like I don't have the support, like I yeah. don't have the resources to help me in moments of extreme anxiety yeah. or overwhelm, Yeah, you know, and those little switches and those like yeah. advocating for yourself and prioritizing that I think makes, it's made such a difference for Huge. us. Huge. Mm-hmm. There's an energetic to that too, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I, I am serving a lot of people. I need to be resourced. Like I am a woman mm-hmm. of providing resource to others. Yeah. I need to be really yeah. well resourced. And that was huge for us. And I think, we've, my money has been able to expand with how much we've been able to really take on in that way. And there is something for me personally, and maybe this isn't true for everyone, but when I'm paying someone, I'm able to really lean in a lot more. Yes. I think about that with my therapist, you know, because I was so resistant to therapy Mm. for so long. And I think before maybe there was a small, a small bit of it was just my trust issues with people, but (laughs) a a little bit of it was like, well, I have friends. I have deep, meaningful Mm -hmm. relationships where Mm -hmm. people can support me. And it's like totally different Mm -hmm. when you're coming in and you're like, this literally is my space. Yeah. Yes. There is nothing but me in this yeah. space. Yeah. I can't even ask you how you are. Yeah. <laughs> really. I yeah. do sometimes. I do too. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I've always, I always ask about, because so many people that I know go to her now, I'm like, how's them? She's like, I cannot say anything. <laughs> She's like, I cannot say anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it is really an interesting thing too. And you said doing like the audit of the things in your life that giving you the stress and the anxiety, because- it also like part of that audit to me is like, and what are we trying, what are you trying to fill? What hole are you trying to fill with the things that, with those things, with the sure. buying the clothes, yeah. with the anxiety inducing, right? When you could be bringing it, putting that to whatever therapy, a healer. I, I tell clients all the time, group workshops, people, I, I know that it's not your own personal time to talk about all your stuff, but like group breathwork workshops, they're so affordable yes. and you can get an immense, I mean, we've done them together for mm-hmm. at camp almost 30. Mm-hmm. You get 
10 years our of retreat. talk there at your retreat. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was insane. That was insane. And we get, you get 10 years of talk therapy. I mean, in yes. one, you know, breathwork session, point being, and you can do it for like $30, you know? It, when you're doing that self-audit and we ask ourselves those questions, it's just, I think the thing that's tricky about it is our brains don't like change. And so we have to be consistently reflecting on, am I doing this thing because it's really actually supporting me or is it just a thing because I've been doing it for a long time? Yeah. Right? And yeah, lean in. <laughs> some people yeah. just, it's like crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I realized this, like some people just don't ask the questions. Yes. Like I was in <laughs> Florida with my family and like, it's like, I'm tired or I'm, you know, whatever my family is experiencing some sort of thing. I'm like, well, why? Mm. Like, I don't know. It's like, is it something you ate? Is it something, mm-hmm. how you slept? Is it a supplement it's you're a taking? Point. Did you get enough sun? Like, there's always like, and you know, don't want to be too crazy because I could drive you crazy. <laughs> how many questions I'm going to ask about it. But it's, I just think it's interesting that people are having these experiences yeah. in their life, whether they're feeling uncomfortable, sad, you know, unexpressed, whatever. And they're not questioning and digging a little bit deeper as to why this could potentially be. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many factors that yes. contribute to us feeling and experiencing life in a certain way that mm-hmm. when we get curious about the why, mm. and I wonder if it's, do people see people having that experience and assume that it's normal? I think I think yeah. maybe they're assuming that that's the normal state. I also think it's because it's hard. I yeah. really mean that. It would that. require work. Effort. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. It would require effort. And then also change, yes. to your point. I think there's yeah. like a deeper knowing yeah. <laughs> that things that they might be doing might not be good for them. That's true. And I just say that generally with yeah. people. Right. Anytime that I've had to like change a habit, there's always been a pretty decent time of resistance sure, and denial. Yeah. Sure. And I think now it's just it's almost exciting to like change a habit and kind of see what works and what doesn't. Um, But also it's just interesting that people are resistant to change. I get it because the mind is leading, but that's Mm -hmm. how I know my mind's leading if I'm resistant because the nature of who we are is always changing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, exactly. It's very interesting to resist what is natural. And that by the resisting, we make it so much harder than it needs to be. Like to your point with these questions you're asking, you know, was it something you ate? Like, really, all that has to happen is, huh, what did I eat today? Yeah. And what might have activated? But I do think that there's there's also, whether it's a knowing or it's not, when we ask those questions, when you get that curious and you really go into it, and like you kind of said, Lynn's like, you get almost addicted to it because you're like, heck yeah, let's keep going, let's keep growing. But when you do that, the reason we, or I do, I'll say it as me, the reason I get addicted to that is because— I'm all that means I'm always coming home to myself. Right? Like what a beautiful way to live to be consistently calling versions of yourself back home by asking these whys, by doing these things. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm I don't do well with dairy. And like I had pizza at the Super Bowl. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm intentional about I had it. a whole pizza. It was fucking bomb. <laughs> it was so good. It's bomb as shit. Perfect time to eat that pizza. Honestly. I was like, I literally love football. I love pizza. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw a meme that someone said, you know, you don't have to have a football game 
to eat a dip. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. That's exactly how I felt. So like, yeah, there's time, but that's also part of it. That's the ebb and flow of life. There's times to get the really curious, to ask the wise, to let it be this beautiful coming home to yourself. And there's times to say, fuck it and do the thing that feels, you know, just good for you in the moment. And it's, it's, that's part of the balance of it. But I do, it's like, I do think we make it a hell of a lot harder than it needs yeah, to be yes. by resisting. Yes. It's interesting because there's like another paradox of like, you don't ask the questions because you don't think you have the power. Mm. But then sometimes when you, you know, I think about in this situation with my family, they're not asking questions because they don't believe they have the power to change the outcome. But then there's also the other side of it where you ask so many questions because you're looking for answers outside of you. You know, you want to find, okay, so was it the, is it my sleep? I need to check my aura ring and then I need to check mm-hmm. my, th-. you know what I mean? You're finding answers from like people on Instagram, people online. So it's such an interesting way to be because I've probably been both and neither really feel good. You know, when you feel like you don't have any power to change any outcome of your life. And then when you feel like all the power or every outcome is basically from some other resource outside of you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm that key thing in there is that outside of you, right? Yes. Like answers, the answers outside of you. Yeah. I mean, anytime I notice I'm searching outside of me, like you can, I, I there's an energy that I feel feel myself doing that. Like I get a little sweatier. I'm like, right. It's like, I'm like, I start to smell. (laughs) I start to yell. (laughs) I definitely get angry or something. Yelling is a part of it. They get like, I'll get like, yeah, just like tense and like mm, a little grumpier. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, it's knowing that my body, like usually that's the sign for, I'll go, Oh, look at that. I'm like, kind of a little sweatier. I'm yelling a little, I'm like a little angrier these days. Like I can notice that that means I'm going outside of myself. But I think that's a really key thing of what you just said there. It's, yo, it's not easy work to be self-reflective, right? And I understand and I empathize that to go outside of ourselves just sometimes feels easier. Like, Mm, yes. And it's usually not going to be the thing that brings you home to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And I also think that the more the more it's i guess normalized maybe the less i don't know about the less hard it will be but oftentimes i feel like it becomes even more hard mm-hmm. is because we're thinking about either how other people are perceiving it or the judgment they might have because you are realizing a truth, but it's really, there's really no judgment at all, but it's yes. your perceived judgment because you judge yourself. Or, you know, it's <laughs> yes. like, it becomes so complicated. So I, mm-hmm. I'm excited for like the normalization of this type of conversation and mm-hmm. just like the coming home to yourself. Yes, of course, there's going to be balance. There's going to mm-hmm. be moments, but where there it's encouraged. Yeah. And it's more normalized. So people don't feel the, the added discomfort and shame around mm-hmm. really seeing parts of themselves. That is so true and beautiful. And I think the more, I mean, that's something you guys have really done with your community, right? You see that in your space. Like it's a lot of, it's these like-minded people that are willing and interested to be self-reflective and to go in and- Like-hearted. And, yeah. That's my new vibe. Like-hearted. Like-hearted. Yeah. Not like-minded, like, like-hearted. Yeah, Did we great. tell our copywriter that? No, that's fucking trademarked. <laughs> no, but every time I see like-minded, I'm like- that's because it's yeah. not it. And I was uh-uh, like, we're like-hearted, bitch. Yep, it is. It is. You're right. It is like-hearted. That is true. There is this thing, though, and I do, I kind of want to say this, too, because, like, we're having this great, intense conversation about 
you know, personal development and healing. It's like, there is a lot of ease in that healing journey. It doesn't always have to be hard. It isn't always hard, right? And there, it's we can let it be easier than it is. We often are making it harder than yes. it needs to be. I was just thinking, there was someone that said that to me one time. It was, I don't know what it was. I wish I could remember, but it was me coming into awareness about a pattern that I had, a wounding that I had, a, a healing that needed to be done. And if I could remember, I would explain it, but I can't. But the person basically was like, your, your, your awareness of it starts to dissolve, whatever it is. Mm. Like your awareness of the issue yes. has already begun work yeah. on the issue. Yes. And that was everything to me. Because I'm like, wow, I don't need to be like, I am going to be doing this for two hours a day. Like, right. I was just like, oh, my my general awareness mm-hmm. yep. of so this powerful. is all that I need. Yeah. In this moment. Yes. Yes. And sometimes you need more. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But. And sometimes you have to have the awareness multiple times and, you know, be aware of it when it comes back up. But yeah, one of my, the foundation of the uh, breathwork practice that I teach um, is my teachers say, saying where awareness goes, energy flows. And it is. It's like, it's as hard as that is. It's as easy as that is. It's it's like the, it's the give and the take with that, Right. No, having awareness of it isn't going to just instantly always pop the bubble and create the change. But yes, having the awareness of it is you're already on the path of the change. So sometimes there isn't anything else you have to do, right? This is a terrible example, but I think you guys will laugh, so I'm going to share it. At the beginning stages of the pandemic, I breathwork, which is the thing I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty positive that breathwork could heal the world. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> And it was not for me at the beginning of the pandemic. And I kind of kept checking in like, okay, body, there's a lot going on. Like, what are you seeing on social media and these things that are kind of coming at you and you're not wanting to lay down to breathe? Like, are you resisting something? Are you resist what's happening? But every time, time and time again, my body was just like, nope, too much. Nope, too much. Nope, too much. So I leaned in to my meditation practice, which is a Buddhist lineage that I teach that's a deeply grounded, rooted practice. And I just like did longer. I could feel it. It was my whole body wanting longer sessions of that. And over time, I started to understand why it was really because there was so much happening and my senses were on overload that my body needed to ground, not to feel everything, but to ground. So I didn't understand it in the moment. But um, all I knew was at the end of the days, I was I was holding space for clients and doing groups and everything moved, you know, online and. I, the end of the week would come and my shoulders were killing me. Like, I, I, a massage couldn't even get it out. I, I just didn't know what I was supposed to do. And so, Jay, I started doing this thing. We started using a Theragon on my back where I would lay, he would turn on the office and I would lay on the bed and he would literally sit on my butt and he would Theragon my back and I would sob. Wow. Mm. Just sob. And that was it. And then I'd, I'd tell him when I was done. And he was like, okay. And then like, that would be it. And we'd get ready for it. We wouldn't talk. We never talked during any of it. And it was so, I looking back, it always kind of ma- makes me laugh because I'm like, this is so funny. We're like watching The Office. I'm sobbing. Love Jay's the there cunning my, bo- my back, right? My body, want, that was the way was in the which, release. yes. And so all I needed to do was have the awareness that my shoulders were killing me and I needed something mm-hmm. different than what I was doing. 
And I created this like funny little ritual that ended up being the thing that without a doubt released everything I needed until I was ready to go back to other tools and lean on other things, Mm. right? But I don't even remember what that was an example of, but. And it just points to like the the truth that we don't always have to explain Mm -hmm. everything that needs to be processed or comes through us. It's like, you know, the body holds so much things that we we don't remember, things that, you know, we can't really put to words, but to be able to use a physical release that conjures an emotional release, I think is so, so powerful. And that's what I think breathwork does for me so much of the time, which is just this like very physical practice and then it's touching on this emotional and also just like soul points that like I can't put to words, but the feeling of it, I'm like, got it. Yeah. Perf. Great. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I can't explain it to anyone, but it's, yeah, I just wanted to say that because sometimes I feel like we need to over explain because we have to think of like our Instagram caption or what we're going to say to our therapist or, you know what I mean? Yes. I was thinking about that the past week because I've been feeling really, I was actually feeling depressed. I was like, ooh, that depression. You know, depression is such a specific feeling for me. I think for a lot of people, it's just very, it's very specific. You're like, oh, that is that. It's not sadness. It's not, it's that's depression. And I was feeling that. And I was like, I feel like I was hanging out with people or I had plans to hang out with people. I'm like, okay, how am I going to explain mm. how I'm feeling to them? And I was kept thinking about it. I'm like, dude, no, mm. <laughs> no, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. It's not words. It's just feeling, you know, and it's just being with the feeling. And when I'm trying to put words to it, I'm just really doing myself a disservice because I might be pulling on threads that aren't even there. You know, it's like, I might even be like, it's like it's like I go to my database. I'm like, what is kind of a problem? What are my wounds? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like what? <laughs> Which one of you should I call on? Hey, as like, try the- my number two. Come here. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. You're up. You're up. We're gonna we're gonna hit on this again. And you attach this. Uh-huh. I attach that wound to the depression, and who knows what that is? You know, yeah. who knows what yeah. that is? Well, there's something to be said for. Like words are beautiful and powerful and healing and yes, all the all the things. I'm a writer. I believe in them. But words are also they come from often the mind. Yes. And if you're describing a feeling, if it comes from the body from as a feeling or there's an experience in the body, then you're still trying to find the words to explain it. Then you're definitely thinking, right? You're definitely using your mind to try to describe something. And there are just some things that are beyond words. Right? There are some things, some energies, some healing opportunities, some moments that are that are beyond words. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to give the words could be a disservice. I, I mean, sometimes I'll say that at the end of a breathwork session to people, especially when they're it's like their first time or they haven't done a lot of this work before. You know, be selective about who you share your experience with. Because it's okay that you don't have words to describe mm-hmm. what you just went through. And sometimes we want the words, we want someone to understand, you know, mis- being misunderstood is a, wo- a deep wound of mine. So I want people to really understand. So then I go into the over-explanation and then it kind of kills even the feeling. It doesn't necessarily kill the experience, but it can it can, it can can pop the bubble, mm-hmm. if you will. And it's like, it's all right for the words to just be doing a disservice mm-hmm. because it came from the mind, right? Yes, totally. 
I was with a friend the other night. We were practicing energy work and we were high. <laughs> and I don't like to smoke, but I was, so I was high. And I don't like smoking because it's, it actually, I'm like ahead. This is why yeah, I love you. I'm by very the way. words. This is like, like one I'm a of words, the reasons. I'm like a word person. And I'm very like, the way that I speak and talk is very much a part of me. And I was like, it was like, I was couldn't find how to talk. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it was very much throwing me off because I very much was feeling out of control because that part of me that's a very good speaker, very well-spoken, wasn't able to be present and I was like losing it. It was mm -hmm. fucking stressful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I am not hitting the right notes at all. Like, I am. <laughs> and I'm like, but I but I wish I could have just felt mm. and let let myself feel and let the feeling guide me. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I was saying all the wrong things. Mm. With weed, that does that to me too. I hate weed, dude. It just like, <laughs> it doesn't. It. But some people are fucking prophetic. Right I know. So, I think it affects, yeah. Every, yeah, affects everyone totally different. I just sure. don't. I don't like anything that's kind of getting me out of control. Yes, I totally get that. I also, I, I think that there does, there is something to be said for being in like the healing space at all and connected. Like the the more, the deeper I go on my healing journey, the more those things numb mm. yeah. out my intuition and my connection to myself and my connection mm -hmm. to spirit. Yes. And I'm, I just like that doesn't feel good anymore. I don't yes. want, I don't want to be disconnected from that. Like, yeah, this is cool. Except yeah. for microdosing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> except, for, except for the fact that I'm microdosing. <laughs> I have a hierarchy. But drinking was for sure that. You're like, yo, can't be doing this. Mm -hmm. Well, and much, yeah. even if we're talking about the microdosing, if, you really, if we really think about that, I mean, a lot of those tools are, and they're doing studies now, you know, they're doing therapeutic studies to try to bring in some of these psychedelics into therapeutic sessions to help people through healing and pain and trauma. Mm -hmm. So there is some, there, yeah, the prophetic weed smokers are probably, you know, they're, yes. that's mm -hmm. their experience on those. And always like, are they prophetic or are you just high? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know. I always say the thing that like kills the joke. Everyone's like, ha ha. And then I'm like, da da. And everyone's like, ha, ha. I literally kill every joke when high. It's very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Holy <laughs> Justin, I always like, we always, if we've been high together, he's always the one that, um, <laughs> like, I'll be, like, it's like, I'll be making fun of him and it's like, I'll go too far. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he like start activating kind of a bully. his wounds. Yeah, he's like, ow. Yeah, because you know, sometimes when you're high, you're very insecure. Yeah, totally. Yep. Or just like, like no filter. Yes, yeah. yes. You just get, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Any freaking ways. Turns into a therapy session for Justin. He's like, actually, Krista, <laughs> you're a we need to talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I thought we were just high, having fun. <laughs> um, wait, I want to hear more just about the book. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited again, which is nice to feel excited yes. again. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a journey coming home to myself. And it's hopefully the meditations and breathworks teachings to help others come home to themselves. Mm -hmm. It's without a doubt, it's a transmission of everything that's happened over the last decade from, you know, the journey that brought me into breathwork that opened these senses and tools and to understanding how the breath 
can help you live a more fulfilled life. And that to me is just the greatest gift that breathwork ever gave me was to just help me come home to myself. I mean, I had lost a big portion of who I was to my emotions. My emotions were had overtaken me and I didn't even see it. And it just, it sort of blows me away that, um, and then now over the years, how time and time again, that's all, that's what it does. It brings me home to myself. You know, I was nervous to come here today mm-hmm. and I intentionally, I knew that that would happen. And usually the one of the reasons nerves show up for me is, some some inner wounding stuff that that's trying to, you know, usually it's a feeling of like, am I enough? Like, what do I have to say? Why, you know? So that's an old, old thing. And I know it always is, shows up when I'm up leveling too. Mm-hmm. So I intentionally, like whenever we booked this, looked at the day and was like, all right, back that up. Here's where breathwork's going to fit in before going to make sure I'd come home to myself. And that's, it's really, it's, it actually is as simple as that. You know, like I didn't, today's session wasn't this like, I didn't go to another world. I didn't, you know, leave this dimension. I just dropped back into my heart, got to tap into, yeah, what, what I have to say, my teachings, my work, and like what feels good to me and what's supported me. And then I'm like, great, there's love. And like, mm-hmm. I can step forward. So the book to me is, it's a coming home to myself and in uh, my hopes to help others see that they can also consistently come home to themselves and use the breath to live a more fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. So proud of you. Thank you. So, so proud of you. I can't wait. Oh, love you. Thanks, guys. So I love you much. so much. This was powerful. Yeah, this was so good. So good. We love you. Really is a vortex. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Isn't it I'm wild? Like, Woo! What just happened? Like the notes look like a crazy <laughs> Honestly. person. Honestly. <laughs> Whenever I do like house clearings, she's always like, always talks about this room. She's like, blue lightning. I see blue lightning all over the room. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Yeah. Just sucks you right I was in. just thinking about, speaking of vortex, just... As we end, dude, you at the our retreat, dude, yeah. that was fucking that was wild. Yeah, that was like group by everyone. Is, yeah, we had done Love energy real. healing with Milana the night before. Yep, womb healing, and then your breath work. Dude. We hit them hard. We hit them <laughs> hard. Hit yeah, me did. hard. I know. I was like, I was so, <sighs> I was so tired. It's yeah. like there's this reminder to me when you get together with the group portion of it that were for groups, group healing work, that we're, that we're not alone and that yeah. you're going through, like, yes, that's what it feels like when you come to a retreat or you sign up for this thing, you know, where you get to spend some time together. It mm. does usually feel that way. But even if it's just an hour long breathwork workshop, I mean, there, the thing is to hold space for one another, like through our own pain and through you know, the cracking open, there just is nothing like it. Yeah, There is nothing like it. And to consistently be cracking ourselves open and to do that together, be like, oh, I see you're cracked open. And by the way, your cracked open is not broken. Your cracked open is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing your crack. Like that's what those group healing experiences are. Yes. And that was amazing that one yes i know so good and then that we didn't it, it's like it again. that experience couldn't have happened without you obviously yeah and it's like 
I can imagine sometimes I go into things that we do, whether in the membership or in certain programs where I know that there's so much of the experience that has nothing to do oh, with yeah. that, with what I'm bringing to it today. It's literally uh-huh. like, it is that group, literal group healing that happens without you even. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it anything. is my, you know, one of the ways that I, I look at that. I love it so much to, to set the container from this. Um, and I'm speaking energetically here. When I set the container energetically from a masculine perspective and I like really hold the tent poles and I create the, the safe container, when I really sent the tent poles from this masculine energy space, it allows the feminine to dance in the active in your healing experience, which is sort of that when you get to kind of step back and be like, yeah, this is okay. So the the container has been set and now this is about you and your journey. And there's something so beautiful to witness that. Yeah, mm-hmm. completely agree. Oh, we love you. Thank I you love for you coming. all. Thank you I for coming. You. We'll see Thanks you guys for having soon. me. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Jenna. It was a blast to sit down with you. You can learn more about Jenna and her work at jennareese.com. Follow her on Instagram at Jenna M. Reese. We love you guys. Thank you for being a part of our lives, our community. The membership this season has been incredible. So if you're a member, we love you so, so much. We'll be opening up membership again soon in the next couple months, right after camp, which is super exciting. Make sure you're subscribed to the show, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So you can get all of these incredible episodes straight to your phone. All right, y'all. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. As always, just bringing you brands that we really love and use ourselves. Thank you to Hum Nutrition, Olive and June, Third Love, and Athletic Greens. You can find all discount information in our show notes and on almost30.com. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you soon. Bye.